Hi, this is Craig Tim, and welcome to Hearing About God's Word Today. As many of you know who listen quite frequently, I'll be sharing an inspirational message from God Almighty to help us in our daily walk. He helps us overcome our doubts, our fears, our anxieties, our vain imaginations that just get us carried away. But His promises are there, and if we just believe it, He'll take care of us. He'll be that other set of footprints that carries us through those troubled times. I want you to know that God has a special message today for all of us. The title he's given is Making the Most of Every Opportunity. Have you ever walked away from a situation just frustrated because you realize you missed an opportunity? Maybe it was to make a sale, make an improvement. Maybe even make a point in a conversation with someone. Maybe it was an opportunity to minister to another person that you haven't seen in a while or to give someone a quick word of encouragement and you just didn't get up and do it. Maybe it was an opportunity to learn from someone else who had something to contribute to your life, either for your career or your personal and spiritual life. Don't you just hate that, though? Especially when you don't realize it until it's in the middle of the night, of course, and you suddenly wake up and you slap your forehead and you go, what a fool I was not to take advantage of that. Why didn't I recognize it when I had the chance? And of course, you toss and turn the rest of the night, reliving what you missed, and you just don't sleep well the rest of the night. Well, as many as you know, The purpose throughout the book of Ephesians is Paul giving the believers within the church of Ephesus words of encouragement to strengthen their faith. That's what God has for us today so we don't miss those precious opportunities that are presented to us, especially when we least expect it. Those are the worst ones. Ephesians 5, 15 through 18, it says, Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk in wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Well, today, God wants to show you how to become someone who is able to recognize and to take advantage of opportunities when they come your way, no matter what they might look like or what they might be for you. Now, this following quote coming up was spoken by one of baseball's great Hall of Fame inductees. And he said, In life, a person occasionally gets the opportunity to do something great. And when that time comes, only two things really matter being prepared to seize the moment, and then having the courage to take your best swing at it. Any ideas who it might be? Go ahead, baseball fans. What do you think? It's Hamron Hank Aaron. And he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1982. Sadly to say, he passed away here earlier this year in 2021. And he lived a very very special life. Unfortunately, when he broke Babe Ruth's home run record, there were so many death threats on his life. It was so sad to see and hear a wonderful man like this. But we'll get off that tangent for now. Hammer and Aaron said that phrase. Now I want to look at three 
points for us to take from this passage we just read in Ephesians. And these points are going to help you keep awareness radar tuned to the proper frequency to, to, to keep you alert each day for those opportunities. Now, the first item comes from those very first words in our scripture we just read. It doesn't just say, be careful. The verse says, be very careful. Now, why would Paul emphasize us to be very careful? Why not just say, be careful? When, when my family's off to do something or go somewhere or go on a trip or whatever the case may be, many, many times we'll say, okay, we'll see you guys later. Be careful out there. But I don't, I don't think that I ever said to them, okay, see you later. Be very careful out there. I, I think Paul wants to accentuate this adverb very to us because he knows that evil lurks amongst us each day. And we can be very susceptible to the tricks of the devil, especially when we are most vulnerable or our radar is out of service. Now, how many of you grew up singing this song with your children? Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little tongue, what you say. And be careful, little mind, what you think. You remember that song? I remember our kids learning those songs in preschool. Simple little rhyming songs to, to help them remember the important content of it. Of course, most of us parents would say, that, well, these songs were great. They're, they're helped to protect their innocence from what they see or hear or what they say or do, and especially what gets into their minds. But why do we as adults need to be careful? Why do you think, oops, um, sorry, Got ahead of myself? We don't need to be careful. We need to be very careful, as Paul says. I mean, really. Well, what's the big deal between careful or very careful? We're adults and we can handle all that, right? Or can we? If we could handle it on our own, then this passage wouldn't have had to have been written in the first place. So apparently... We cannot handle it on our own like we think that we can. Now, one of the biggest challenges we have is the issue of the mind. Be very careful what goes in your mind. Just like the little children's song says, do you know why we have to be particularly attentive to what goes in our mind? It's because it's there forever. You think that you've forgotten it, and then something out of the blue triggers your memory, and that thing that you had stored away is now staring you in the face all over again. All those emotions that you tried to bury, they quickly flood your mind. And those feelings you supplanted the back of your mind and buried them, they're, they're causing you distress and anxiousness again. And you just don't know what you're going to do about it. Your brain is so very unique that it retains what goes in. You might be able to delete your computer files on your computer, but you'll never be able to totally delete what goes into your brain. So be very careful what you read. And be very careful what you watch. Be very careful who you hang out with. And be very careful what you put into your body because it can affect your mind too. What you put into your mind 
can dull your brain into missing opportunities or ways to make the most out of those. And to me, this is one of the most convincing arguments against drug and alcohol use, if you think about it. Now, I know it's true that there's nothing in Scripture that specifically says, Thou shalt not use drugs. And the debate rages on about whether or not Jesus turned water into real wine, or was it just grape juice, depending on what school of thought you're listening to. But that's for another time and another day, and we'll talk about that at, at, at that point. But if you remember from our scripture today, verse 18, right after our key scripture, it says to not get drunk with wine, but to be filled with the Spirit. I believe that the issue isn't having a drink or two, but the fact that drunkenness, and especially drug use, could cause you to surrender your mind and your will to these exploitations. The fact is, you simply cannot think clearly when you are under the influence of drugs and or alcohol. And the issue of control is so key here. Why choose to give control of your mind over to a chemical or a weed, for goodness sakes? Does, does that make a lot of sense? Since we are sober and free from the devil's juice today... I can freely say, I don't think so. But I got to tell you, though, I laugh when I hear people telling me that we should legalize marijuana. They say that they're not hurting anybody when they're smoking in the basement. So it's not a big deal. That may be true if they only stay in their basement. But from what I've read and heard from others, when when you're stoned and high from the drugs, you get very hungry, and they call it getting the munchies. But what happens when you run out of food before you run out of hunger? You go out and you get some more. Sure, you got to have more. Now, to go out of your basement, in this example, you're either going to be walking, or worse, you're going to be driving to get more of that food. And when you choose to leave... You have now just placed the lives of others in jeopardy just as surely as you were a drunkard. Now, when you're drunk or stoned, you don't think clearly. You can't think clearly because you have contaminated your body and your mind. You can't be careful, or let's say you're unable to be careful, and there is no chance that you can be very careful when you surrender your mind to these chemicals and the poisons out there. God wants us to be clear of mind, filled with God's spirit rather than distilled spirits. And when in doubt about something, don't do it. Get advice from godly people before making important decisions. Be careful in your speech and in your work habits. Consider others before yourself. And be very careful as you want to make the most of all the opportunities that come your way. Now, in order to make the most of opportunities, we also have to be wise about it. And when I say be wise, it's not the same thing as saying to be smart. There can be a huge difference between being smart and being wise. I'm sure you might be scratching your head at this moment thinking, Well, what do you mean by that, Craig? Being smart about situations and other topics, that, that, that can mostly mean the same thing, right? I'm going to make it really a simple statement here. There are a lot of intelligent people who are fools. 
They deny truth and they live foolish and sinful lives. Did you know that? Not everybody who is intelligent are smart. For example, say there's someone you look highly upon and they have an alphabet designation after the name, like oh, PhD, for example. Now, this person is incredibly intelligent, no doubt, but their actions are one where foolishly pursues a sinful lifestyle. And that means that brains do not necessarily equal wisdom. Now, if you happen to remember the game show 21, then you will most likely remember the scandal that followed. 21. It was a television quiz show in which last week's winner was invited back to be challenged by a new contestant and stayed week after week until he or she lost, similar to how the Jeopardy game works today. And the winner stays on and the losers go home. The questions, they were highly promoted to supposedly have been locked in a Manhattan bank vault. This way, no one could cheat and get the questions ahead of time, thereby making the game appear to the audience that the producers went to great lengths to, to protect the integrity of the show. Unfortunately, it was learned that the game was actually fixed the whole time, week after week. The game was a fraud. The producers of the show provided the answers to contestants that they wanted to win, and at least one instance directed the current week's champion to purposely answer wrong so a new champion could start in order to keep the game competitive. At the center of the scandal was a man named Charles Van Doren, and an instructor at uh, uh, Columbia University, I believe it was. And he went on to win over $100,000 on the show before he exited. And after the scandal broke, Mr. Van Doren at first denied his involvement, but then he finally told the truth to a congressional subcommittee. Mr. Van Doren was extremely smart, but he was not wise in this instance. Now, there are some incredibly wise people who have little or no formal education at all. They chose to live lives that honor God and other people. And there are some incredibly wise people who are also incredibly intelligent. Guys like C.S. Lewis or uh, Francis Schaeffer, Isaac Newton, Charles Coulson, Josh McDowell, to name a few. You, you recognize those names. But I believe that wisdom can be defined as knowledge gained and then applied and used in the best possible ways. What I mean by that statement is that even though you may know what you should do, or more importantly, know what you should not do, you have the knowledge. However, should you choose not to act on it, well, that's just plain foolishness. And if you act on what you know you should do or should not do, now that is wisdom. So now your next question I'm sure you're thinking. How do we gain this wisdom? We gain this wisdom by spending time with God. It's right there in His words. Spend time with Him. Learn. Hear from Him. He will teach you about wisdom. And then, on top of that, spend time with godly people. Now, I, I, I've shared some of this with you in other episodes, but please allow me to say it again. If you're not willing to listen to the wisdom of God, then who do you think is worth listening to? If God's word isn't good enough, whose word is it? Social media? Mm, TV media? 
Oh, gosh. One, one of your friends? How about yourself? Whose word is you good to listen to? Get in the Bible to get wisdom that God wants to teach you. It's all right there. Listen to Him first. And as for spending time with godly people, just read one of the many verses about wisdom in Proverbs. The main author of Proverbs was Solomon. He was considered one of the wisest men of all time. When God asked what he would like, he didn't say riches and gold and silver and all that stuff. He asked for wisdom to be wise in how he directed his people. Now, his goal inside these writings are to teach others and actually teach us today how to attain wisdom, how to have discipline to be prudent in our lives every day. Proverbs 1.7 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And Proverbs 13.20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fool suffers harm. And the old saying goes, you become like the people you hang around, for better or for worse. So why not make it easier on yourself and everybody else around you and just hang out with the wise folks, right? That would be much easier. Wisdom pays off in your own life and the lives of others you're around. Be wise if you want to make the most of your opportunities. And your wisdom will cause you to be alert. Or, as Hank Aaron might say, be prepared to seize the moment of opportunity. There's a popular misconception that many people have regarding Christians, and that is, we are just blind followers, totally out of touch with reality. Unfortunately, there are just enough Christians that fit that bill that it's so hard for the rest of us to shake off that silly image. We need to be alert, attentive, prepared at all times, not blinded by the lights, not out of touch with reality, but vigilant and aware of our surroundings always. Now, doing that, there's three specific areas that we need to really be aware of. And the first one is society. Now, you're probably already aware of this, but you don't live all by yourself in this part of the country. You live in a society. Whether you live in the country or the city or the suburbs or wherever you might live, you have neighbors, you have friends, you have family, you have co-workers, you have other people involved in your life. And if we expect to impact these people with the hope that we have in Christ, we need to be aware, first of all, that they exist. And second, that they have needs that God can meet. Now, one of the reasons I like to read the paper there are some still papers. I'm not much of a read the news on the iPad or the iPhones. I, I'd like to read the paper once in a while. And it's to see what's going on in society that God has put me in. I like to read about local events. I like to read about debates, politics, uh, local stories, and so forth. And, of course, the social issues that are important to each of us individually. We all have our... our, our uh, high-interested areas that we would like to stay in touch with and and possibly even be involved with. So that's that's the other thing, is to get involved in your community. community. Have your kids involved in activities. Be active yourself in your community affairs. Volunteer. Make a positive difference in someone else's life. Be alert. Be involved so that you can find out what this area is going through where you live. Be relevant in your ministry each day. 
I want to be alert in my society so I can minister to the people more effectively. And the only way to do that is to be involved. And part of being alert is to be alert to the times we're in. Sin has always been rampant, but the types of sin we see nowadays are things we almost couldn't even dream of a generation ago. No need to go to details in that. That's for another time. But you know what I'm talking about. When I was a kid, we started the school saying the Pledge of Allegiance every day. Now, school can get sued for having kids do that. They don't even get to do that anymore. And people used to come to church just because doors were open. Now, you have to make a real effort to let people know that the gospel and the church is even relevant to the needs of the people every day. And there is less respect for life than ever before. Less respect for the absolute truth. This means we have to minister in ways that are so different than they were 20 years or, or, or 30 years ago. And we need to make sure that the unchanging truth of the Word of God is communicated clearly to the constantly changing times in which we live in and where we minister. Unchanging truth. Don't change it. The Bible is all truth. Don't change it when you're sharing it. The last area we need to be alert in is the signs. Not the billboard signs, not the advertisement signs, the signs of Christ's return. Those are the signs we need to be alert for. Now, I want to quickly just say here that I don't pretend to know when Christ's return is. No one knows. But he knows. Okay, just to put that straight, I'm not trying to say when he's going to return or anything like that. I'm not, not into that. I'm just saying we have to be looking for the signs of his return. It's, again, all laid out in his word in the Bible. What I do want to emphasize here is Jesus could return any time. And we need to be recognized of that and be aware of that. Now, we've had a tremendous increase in earthquakes, warfare, famine, all these signs of the imminent return of Jesus. You look in there, and it talks about that as we get closer to end times. And all the events that are going on today, they have significant, uh, they have a significance throughout Israel. It's stated right there in the Bible. And Jesus talks about these. And we need to be aware of them so we're not caught off guard like the foolish servants who the Lord talked about in the parables. They thought they had all the time in the world. I got tomorrow. When the, I'll, I'll decide tomorrow. I'll sleep on decide tomorrow, they say. So they were lazy. They were abusive. They were only to be surprised by the master. And he punished them for them, for their ignorance and their attitude towards it. I can wait till tomorrow. And another thing. If you adopt the mindset that Christ could be coming back soon, it will really help you recognize those opportunities in front of you each day. As we get ready to close today's message, though, I said earlier that the purpose of this message was to give you some help in becoming someone who's able to take advantage of the opportunities that come your way, no matter what those may be. But I also want to help us as a church and individuals in the church take advantage of opportunities to minister in society and in, and in the times that we live in right now. As, as God brings people into our lives and into the life of your church, 
Are you going to take advantage of those chances? Or are you going to just let them go by the wayside, figuring that eh, someone else is going to have the job of ministry and let them do it? I want to ask you a very tough question right now. If your church were to fold up, would your city weep? Would they even notice? Have you made a, enough of an impact that if you were to pull out, would anybody miss you? I believe the main reason God called me to start this podcast is for... Okay, rephrase that. I know why God called me to start podcasting his messages. To help us make a difference for God. To be impactful in our society with the gospel of Jesus Christ. To get the word out in ways that people can grasp the, the truth. Not a feel-good story. Some of these messages and these episodes are very challenging and very hard to take. And I have to look in the mirror each time I share one of those because it affects me just as much as it affects you. But I hope that's your game plan. I hope you catch God's vision and what he wants, what he needs us to do. Now, I've mentioned a few times previously that the purpose of Scripture is to not merely inform us, but more importantly, to transform, to change lives. And for that to happen, we need to bring it to the people who need to hear it. And everybody needs to hear it. Nobody does not have to hear it. They they need to hear it. I don't know what else to say. I'm I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just I'm just caught with that. It, it's just blowing right through my mind now. After I said that, it's we need to bring it to the people who need it. No, we need to bring it to everybody because everybody needs to hear it. So let me say. Be purposeful to take advantage of the opportunity God brings your way this week and each week thereafter. Take advantage of opportunities to pray for loved ones who don't know Christ. Take advantage of opportunities to tell someone they can go to heaven too. Take advantage of opportunities to show the love of God in action by serving in your community. Take advantage of opportunities to bless your employers and your employees if you have some. Take advantage of opportunities to bless customers and clients. Take advantage of opportunities to let your good works bring praise to the Almighty Father. And take advantage of the opportunities God lays in front of you. And then watch Him do His work through you every single day. Lord, we thank you for this message helping us be aware. Be aware of how to make the most of every opportunity that you bring in front of us. Don't let us miss those times when we can speak out and speak up and speak strongly for you. Sharing the gospel to those who need to hear it? No. Sharing the gospel to everyone whose ears are listening for it. And we know that some will fall on deaf ears and we know that some may make fun of us and throw stones towards us, so to say. But God, you are the all-powerful. And you will protect us. And your word will resonate to those 
who are ready to hear it. So don't let us be meek. Help us to have boldness to speak out and to stand up strong for you and be available in all that you have for us. Blessings to you all, my friends, and make the most of every opportunity God brings in front of you. Amen.